0: Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged hello everybody and welcome back to the dry bones ministries special podcast series on the litany of trust my name is father adam potter and today we've arrived to day 14 entering into our third week so if you're still here god bless you and reward you for uh, your perseverance and uh yeah dedication to this this is a, a beautiful book and but i'm I'm also very, very aware. We all just have a, a lot of different things going on, and uh, temptations to be really active and busy and committed to all these other things and programs and books and series, and 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 you've chosen this one, which is a beautiful thing. I'm I'm humbled by it to be honest, and uh, yeah, and just really grateful because this is powerful. It it really is, and to be able to to go deep into trust trust is uh at the core of everything as hopefully you're being able to really appreciate as i know i am how much can one say about trust a lot apparently there's a there's a lot to say and to be honest i've been surprised in going through this of just how much there is to say and to glean the couple images one just like a diamond that um probably a popular image right but to be able to look it 's the same it 's just one thing and it can be even a small diamond and yet the the beauty of looking at it from all of these different angles helps us to appreciate it in each unique way from different perspectives um, as i 've been going through this like there 's a lot to say about trust because this litany just really seems to push and poke and prod and maybe even punch on all of these different like pressure points kind of from all these different angles that they can also stir up a lot. And it's like, uh, I don't know if I protect myself here, then there's another jab that comes around the other side just to like hit on this other pressure point. Sorry, I was um, hanging out with a family recently and uh, some of their boys are into boxing. And so they were all telling me about how, you know, it's not just about the one big knockout punch, but it's the little jabs to these different pressure points that you can really come to completely debilitate your opponents, all kind of like silently um, getting them from these, and that's, and I was like, huh, I feel like I'm going through that right now with this litany of trust, and uh, the Lord just like beautifully giving me different insights and like, huh, didn't realize I didn't trust you there, huh, didn't realize this was uh, another, another way that I'm keeping you at a distance and so yeah what a beautiful thing to just be open just be open in a a really courageous way and providential way the the very thing that we're pursuing is being achieved by doing it and by looking at this and reading and listening and praying right so um to be able to integrate it as I've invited us all before, that it's not just the reading, it's not just the praying, but then we, when we get to those opportunities in our life, it's like, oh, here you are, Lord, inviting me to accept this and to ask to be free of this fear or that hesitation, and so that I can really give you room to do it. Today is day 14, where we pray, from the fear of what love demands, Deliver me, Jesus. Sister Faustina, I think, captures it in the the first couple paragraphs, the context for where we find ourselves. That to love is to be vulnerable. And as beautiful as it is to be able to be drawn into a relationship with another person, it can also be scary, intimidating, and even terrifying. To love is enormously demanding. And so what do we do? Well, our culture has really adapted this model altogether and it's to try and get the most with putting in the least. And so we really like the idea of having this other person uh, to kind of be by our side and to comfort us and to make us laugh and to yeah, always comfort me kind of a thing is how I see a lot of immature relationships. And so that can be really nice on a surface level to always have someone who you can text and maybe even call or maybe even invite over every once in a while to, to again, console you. But to really come to love is to see this person not just for what they can give to me and offer me. Maybe you heard that in the way I was describing, right? Like That they can make me laugh and they can... Uh, Be there for me and they can support me and they can um, always try and lift me up and support it's like me 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 and as opposed to really appreciating love is reciprocal love ultimately is the gift of oneself to be able to see who the other person is and and valuing them for the the truth of who they are then i give myself to lift them up in that truth And so this love really demands a a sacrifice. And so how often, how often, especially when we talk about love and relationships, we really can fear that responsibility of taking it on. And how our our culture just comes to really offer, look, 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 you can all have all these different relationships um, and keep them all kind of at a distance, keep them at a surface level, and you can enjoy them all and not have to really sacrifice that much. And so, just how absolutely dangerous this is. Here, here's her insight. It may not sound like a big deal to ask for what's in it for me, but it has become the lens through which we see marriage, children, work ethics, discerning a vocation, ourselves, and even God, Yet this slippery slope of distrust which is not truly open to living real love for fear it will cost me more than I want to invest Whew. okay so um what does that look like gosh a lot of different things uh, here's what the the Lord put on on my heart there's just kind of this um this this always focusing on me of how much is it going to cost me? What What's in it for me? Can all of a sudden be the lens through which we see everything? The Just in praying through this, I was brought back to my own discernment of the priesthood. And I remember I was in college and I went actually to the local seminary where I was able to go to mass, pray evening prayer with the seminarians, and then hang out at dinner talk with a a number of them and kind of see their life and it was so moving and so inspiring and it's kind of the first time that I I saw just an intensity in prayer and the pursuit of holiness that just was setting my heart on fire and meanwhile when I afterwards just kind of had I don't know what it was 20 minutes half hour to talk with the, the rector, I remember really expressing to him in so many words my fear, and I don't think I said that I was afraid. Maybe you can relate. I'm not, I'm not gonna admit that I'm afraid, but I'm just gonna like dance around kind of my hesitations. And he said something that really changed my entire perspective. And he said, Adam, uh, what's the worst that can happen, right? What's the worst can, that can happen? If you do come into the seminary for um, a week, a month a, a semester, or even a full year right um, what's the worst that can happen and and to really appreciate that how it's really one of the the greatest gifts that you can that you can give for yourself or even a a future wife and family imagine he said you know the the idea of kind of getting to your thirties perhaps and being married and and having a number of children and looking up at the at the priest at the altar during a mass, and having this thought continue to linger in your head. I wonder if that was supposed to be me. And I remember this like stirred within me this like, huh? Yeah. Like I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy who wonders whether or not he was supposed to be a priest or not um, while he's married. And so I was like, oh yeah, I owe it to my to my wife. I owe it to my future chil- children, family. Um. But meanwhile, under all of this, this is what the Lord was showing me as I'm I'm praying through this. It was also for me. It was also very much for me, like how I could be comforted in having this security of knowing that I discern well so that I can be at peace with my, you know, potential wife or children. Um, And what, like, here's what she says. It may not sound like a big deal to ask what's in it for me, but it's become the lens through which we see marriage, vocation, work ethics, discerning a vocation, ourselves, and even God. This is the slippery slope of distrust, which is not truly open to living real love for feel, fear it will cost me more than I want to invest. So amazing, right? The Lord used it in in my own life. and um, And I was able to make elsewhere in, in my life, these different sacrifices uh, really for the Lord to show him that, that I was willing to trust him and to make these sacrifices. Uh, and I, I didn't know if the Lord was calling me to be a priest, but I said, Lord, I'll give you a month. I was like it was, that, that was kind of all I gave him uh, with, the, with the right to be able to leave um, if he didn't make it clear. Um, so I don't know, maybe you can r- relate to this here's kind of an extreme example and god bless this individual for being completely honest i remember talking to an individual and he was explaining to me about how in his marriage he had really he and his wife had chosen to not have any children and i just you know was asking him about why what's what's your reasoning wouldn't you want to have children to be able to experience that joy and that love and everything and he said Oh, no, 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 Father. I, I just couldn't do it. I'm way too selfish of a person. Hmm. Oh, you... <laughs> so because of your own selfishness, therefore, you, you couldn't, in fact, ever be open to being purified of that or working on that or allowing another person, child, to come into your life to open up your heart to a humble, selfless experience of one of the greatest joyful loves you could... Anyway, and I don't want to judge him. I'm not here to do that. But it's interesting because I just like I hear that and kind of this idea, like, what's in it for me? And in his honesty, he was like, "I'm too selfish of a person." Um, and this is a slippery slope. I know, as a seminarian before before leaving, I had a an older priest just kind of talk to me, of um, just a truly a friend. And he was just talking to me, Adam, you're going to come into these different parishes. And he said, you know, I I know you, you've a big heart and you're going to give yourself to each parish, these different people, these families, these children. And then all of a sudden you're going to have a new assignment and you're going to have to say goodbye. And it's going to be, it's going to be heartbreaking. (laughs) It's going to be heartbreaking that you're going to have to say goodbye and move on and have to start all over again. And so he said, what you need to do is make sure that uh, you don't open up your heart at all. You keep it closed, locked, tight shut, so you never get hurt. And I said, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Right, messing with me, but like, gosh, what a, like, what a temptation. And I, you can see how tempting it really is to maybe in the, the, like, I've gone through these different experiences of opening up my heart to different people and Um, I just can't do it again. And yet, here's just like the beautiful thing of trusting in God, that it it wouldn't be about me, but it could really be about the Lord. It could be about the the sheep that he would give to his priests and to come to really open up to loving again. So how about you, right? And in considering different friendships in your vocation, if you're married, to just think about those times where you've really been tested and thinking about tempted to think about just what's in it for me. What's the cost? Is it going to be too demanding, um, in this relationship? I even think about asking for forgiveness. We're going to come to another petition about forgiveness later on. But, but even in, in this, you know, it's like, Oh, I know. Um, recently thinking about, um, someone who has really hurt me, let me down and, um, really misunderstood me and just how, you know, painful it was. And, and here he was coming to me and and asking for forgiveness and forgiveness is, is really like asking for me to, to love him, um, for who he is and not for what he's done or what he said. And, And I can tell you just how fearful it was to think about opening up my heart to really loving this person. There was something that was kind of easier about thinking about holding this grudge over him and keeping him at a, at a distance. And, and again, it's like, Oh, it's so much for me, for my own pleasure, for my own consolation and and not really for recognizing to forgive someone is to trust in God, to trust in his mercy that can reconcile a relationship and can heal. So these are, these are, no. Mm. These are big. These are big petitions here, and these can get to really vulnerable places in our own hearts where it can almost be like, Lord, you've already called me to so much. How can you be asking me to even more? And, and the Lord, in his beautiful way, just really invites us to lift up our gaze, take our eyes off of ourself, and onto him that we might really desire to receive his love that can set our our hearts free. Because once we know his love, this is the image of the heart, once we know and receive his love into our own hearts and allow that, that vessel of our hearts to be filled with his love, now we're free to give. And we're free to give because we're not thinking about our own cost or the demand to ourselves because we've been free to receive it from him. Saint Ignatius gets this, gets this, and we know that he gets it from his life, but especially this sushipe prayer that Sister Faustina highlights. I invite you to look up the whole thing, and um, yeah, and take it to prayer. I'll read it to you now, and comment on on the the main part here. Saint Ignatius invites us to pray. Take Lord Oh my goodness, I think this is one of the most beautiful prayers, and forgive me, Lord, for not committing it to memory and praying it more often. This is the the in Latin, to take, receive, Lord. Um, and this captures the, the heart of trust, that we would ask the Lord to take all of our liberty, that means our our freedom my memory, right, all those things that I've come to appreciate about what's happening in my life, what makes up who I am and and where I'm at today. My my understanding, right, is my uh, comprehension of who I am and and what's going on in my life right now, what I've come to know and grasp intellectually. And, and oh, yeah, and also take my entire will, that ability to choose and determine um, how I love, how I spend my time, where I'm going, what I'm doing, all that I have and call my own you've given it all to me that's why I can give it I can give it back to you because I recognize it's all gift it's all gift everything is yours do with it what you will give me only your grace and your love that is enough for me Saint Ignatius asks for more love of God because the more love of God we receive the more will our hearts be given generously without counting the cost and without fearing demands. The openness to this love is trust. The openness to this love is trust, which helps us to see a value beyond the apparent sacrifices. Trust allows the heart to be compelled by love. There couldn't be a better image of this than the rich young man who comes to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 and following. And of course he comes to him with this sense of accomplishment or success or having his spiritual life all together. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Inherit heaven, right? Which is a great question. He desires the ultimate fulfillment of this life and Jesus invites him to consider the commandments and This individual kind of responds to him as a, I don't know, a Catholic school kid or a homeschool kid. It's like, please, the commandments, I've got these, right? I know them. I've done them, all of them since my youth, right? That's my warm-up before I really get going every day. And Jesus, this is one of the greatest lines. And Jesus hears this, looks upon him and loves him. Looks upon him and loves him. And what was that, that here, um, Mark, uh, who writes this gospel, most likely wrote it with a lot of these details through the firsthand account of St. Peter, who's with Jesus in all of these different moments. And so here, Peter and the other apostles, uh, disciples who were there, are able to notice this moment of this intense, piercing, tender loving gaze that captured this young man's attention and obviously everyone else around him this would be a great place for us to go because this is the way the lord wants to look upon us and for us to allow ourselves just to like stop you know with all the ways that we can want to justify ourselves of like no, no no lord like i've got it i've done it like I've, I, I know what i'm doing and i, I know the catholic teachings and I, i've been doing all these things from my youth and i'm good i've got it then we might just see that it's not as much about following the rules as it is about loving uh, and being in love in this relationship and it's from this love that jesus says you like one thing go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me why is this so hard why is this why does this person, this young man, walk away sad? well, on the one hand, Mark tells us it's because he had many possessions that he goes away sad um but that's just on the surface right on on the surface, it's not just because it's going to demand a lot to follow the Lord, and here Jesus was calling him to this particular generous sacrifice to give it all to the poor and then follow him and beautifully in our Catholic Christian tradition, we have had men and women up and down the centuries who have done this, have recognized that the love of Jesus Christ is worthy of selling everything and living these lives of poverty um, out in the desert or in religious communities. What Jesus emphasizes, though, is that these material possessions keep us from being able to trust in him. And this is where Jesus speaks to them. Children, he tells his disciples, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Who trust in riches, right? At the very heart of all this, Jesus is calling us to trust in him. The truth is that we gain far more than we give, says Sister Faustina on page 90. Trust helps us to set out on the journey with Jesus, without calculating what what is in it for me but out of love of him again these possessions and pleasures may not be bad but they often put jesus on the periphery of our hearts so it's like oh can we pray that prayer of saint ignatius all that i have and call my own you've given it to me lord it all comes from you and maybe I could attribute to like my hard work, my dedication, or all my schooling, and I got these good grades and went on to then pay off my debts and get these different jobs and positions and climb this ladder and now have these connections and these resources. Like seemed like it was it was me, right? It's like, I don't know. Where did you get that perseverance? Where did you get that dedication? where did that hard work come from? And even if you could say like, Oh, it was this teacher, or it was this coach, or it was this parent, or it was this sibling, it's like Oh, and, and where did they come from? It's like, oh yeah, they were given. They were given from the Lord. Or even just the the physical health. Where did that come from? Where did the strong heart, the strong mind, where did the breath come? Every moment is a gift from the Lord as he sustains us. And so in all of this, that we're invited to really trust in him, to trust in him and to receive his love at each moment in this love that can truly set us free. Please, please spend some time with these invitations that Sister Faustina lays out. Um, they're so good. And, and for us to give the Lord time in prayer to really speak to our hearts and to consider where in our lives do we count the cost? Where are we calculating? Where do we possibly close the door of our hearts to protect ourselves from being hurt or being let down? and instead to receive that love, to allow our hearts to be filled so that we can continue to trust and to pour ourselves out time and time again. Brothers and sisters, with that, let us turn to our our litany. And as always, praying for this abandonment to the Lord Jesus and praying this prayer wholeheartedly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The litany of trust. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me, Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me, Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering, united to your own, will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphaned. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Bones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.